0: I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth Podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. The shooting yesterday in Colorado has renewed the gun control debate, including a Senate hearing today on a measure that would increase background checks for gun owners. I have to question the timing of this scheduled hearing and the events yesterday. Was this perfectly timed to renew the debate and give Joe Biden and the Democrats a pretext for their agenda? Conservatives must keep one thing very clearly in mind. Democrats are trying to enforce collective guilt on every American for the actions of a single individual. Our constitution and our system of government doesn't work that way. Whether we're talking about the Second Amendment or any other right that is specifically protected in our Bill of Rights, the presumption legally is that every American has the freedom and liberty to exercise our fundamental rights. Only when an individual chooses to violate the law and, through due process, is convicted of that violation can the government constitutionally punish a person by restricting their liberty. But what's happening with the gun control debate from the left is inverting that presumption Because of the actions of a few evil people, all Americans are treated as presumptive offenders. And we are now being forced to prove to the government our fitness to exercise our fundamental rights. That's insane. We don't do this in this country. Our government has no power to force us to prove to them why we can exercise our rights. But the left pretends that gun control is somehow the solution for moral evil in the culture. Rather than understanding that our Constitution is built on the principles of both liberty and justice for all, they want to take away liberty and pretend that's justice. We can't allow it. It would be the same as if we had to get the government's permission first to exercise freedom of the press. Do you seriously think that CNN or the New York Times or any other leftist rag would have been fine asking permission of the Trump administration to publish, to have to prove that they'll be responsible journalists? Liberty doesn't work that way in a free society. We hold, only hold responsible the individual offenders who violate a pre-established law. We never say that just because one individual was irresponsible and a criminal, then the government can presume everyone is until we prove that we aren't. But that's what the Democrats are doing, with red flag laws, extreme background checks, limitations on what types of firearms or magazine capacity may be purchased, and even some Republicans are buying into it. Mainly because they either allow the leftists to frame the debate, or they are simply advocates for government solutions to absolutely everything. But the truth is that the Constitution does not give Congress any legislative authority over issues like gun control. In fact, the purpose of the Second Amendment and the entire Bill of Rights is to tell Congress what specific fundamental rights they cannot legislate on. It may seem like a totally crazy idea in 2021, but the government is not the only entity that can or should provide solutions to the problem of evil in the world. The government's role and responsibility here has already been met. Colorado has laws on the books like every other state against murder. The individual should be held responsible and prosecuted for his actions. That doesn't in any way justify the federal government to issue any wide-sweeping executive orders or legislation that punishes you and me for that one guy's crime. Why should you be held responsible for his crime? We never do that in a free society. That's against liberty. That's not justice. And that's not just a violation of our Second Amendment protections, but it's also a violation of due process. This is why the whole Constitution matters. And it matters in relation to the Declaration of Independence because your and my rights are pre-political. The government bears the burden of proving why I am an unfit gun owner, an unfit parent, or have committed any criminal act of any other accusation bearing legal consequences when my rights are at stake. The government must presume that I am a fully fit citizen. We care about how our government is allowed to treat us based on someone else's actions. This is the heart of the matter for conservatives. Even if the Second Amendment was repealed tomorrow, as some have suggested and even called for, nothing about the government's obligation to protect your liberty would change. The government would not be able to change its legal presumption toward us and assume that we are criminals. But once the government can shift the burden and make you prove your fitness and competency, then the government is treating you like a presumptive criminal. That is unconstitutional. And this isn't problematic only in the context of the gun control debate and our right to self-protection. It's also problematic when applied to parental fitness, exercising religious freedom, speech, economic choices, mask mandates, vaccines, and any other legitimate action and choice that I, as an American citizen, have liberty and freedom in. This is what conservatives mean by protecting liberty. We are preserving freedom and protecting against the government, presuming that we do not have legitimate free exercise of our rights or that we have to get the government's permission to exercise them. Liberty means that the government does not have the authority to punish me before I have chosen to act contrary to the law. Even in the midst of heartbreaking, heinous crimes and tragedies like what happened in Colorado, we cannot allow the leftists to use that tragedy as a pretext or to allow the government to remove our individual presumption of innocence collectively. This isn't just about your gun. It's about every single individual's fundamental right to liberty, and liberty is absolutely worth protecting. Our founders pledged their very lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor defending it. So must we. Liberty and justice for all. For more on this topic, listen to my Just the Truth podcast wherever you stream your podcasts. We have to be equipped as American citizens to defend our rights and to preserve our liberty for ourselves and for the next generation. That's why these conversations are so important. Keep speaking and defending truth. We'll be right back. just the truth and i have talking about all of the women's issues and everything that we have been debating uh, in society today my good friend the president and ceo of concerned women for america penny nance so penny thank you so much
1: for joining me here on oh, just the truth oh i'm so excited this is your third week i'm just really honored that i got on the front end of this so thank you so much thank for inviting you. me i'm excited to be here absolutely well and i think actually you're my first female guest so oh, which of course i had to bring I'm honored,
0: up honored so. right. proud <laughs> yeah flame (laughs) nation here we are absolutely yes Yes. shout out to our friends at Liberty (laughs) University. absolutely but um, you know so we've been talking today of course Mm -hmm. and through uh, everything that happened yesterday about the Second Amendment and why it's so important Mm -hmm. to protect Liberty and one of the biggest issues for concerned women for America of course is pro-life that's right and I've seen in the midst of the liberal leftist pushback people are saying well how can you as Christians Mm -hmm. and as conservative advocates Mm -hmm be pro-Second Amendment and pro-life. Isn't that a
1: contradiction? What do you say? Not at all. Um, I'll say first that at Concern Women for America we have a range of views and opinions. It's not one of our core issues, but I have very strong opinions on it because I am a survivor of an attempted rape, an assault, a physical assault, an attempted rape on a running path in Virginia in broad daylight years ago. Um, And uh, it really Changed the way I viewed my safety, and so uh, you know. And by the way, I grew up in Appalachia, <laughs> and so it wasn't odd to have firearms. And I learned very early. My dad was a pastor, and he thought it was perfectly normal to take your sixteen-year-old daughter out in the back and teach them how to, you know, shoot a target. It, you know, and it was very safe. You're out in the country, mm-hmm. and so you know, I I already was familiar. But um, I think that when that happened, you know, twenty. Four, 25 years ago, 24 years ago, it'll be 25 years this summer, um, that something in my brain clicked and I thought, I have to protect myself. The police mm. can't be with you every minute. My husband can't be with me every minute. I have to be responsible for my own safety. So um, I own a 38 Special. Mm-hmm. I have have a firearm in my home I have one in my in you know I I don't know if I should tell this or not but I have one in my desk drawer at my office Um, and I think it was even more driven home to me the importance of protecting my staff Mm -hmm. and protecting my family my friends um, and myself when the you know there was the attack at Family Research Council years ago and so you know I don't think anybody likes to think about that but many gun owners I believe particularly women um, uh, th- we come at it a safety standpoint. It gives us, it gives us confidence. Uh, you know, when I was at, when I bought my gun, the interesting thing is I was, I was uh, at, at a gun show actually is where I bought it and at a, you know, and they did the background check, they did the state check, they did, you know, the whole thing and which actually I didn't find difficult, um, but there was every kind of person there. Mm-hmm. And um, a, a same-sex couple, woman couple, were buying their, exact my exact same gun, and we were like comparing and, you know, all that together. So it just was not you know, it wasn't particularly, you know, right-wing Christian conservatives at the show. I think it's all different right. kinds of women Which that fund Which is find how the that. left
0: tries to frame the argument. is saying, right. well, it's just you conservatives and you somehow just love your guns. And, you know, there was someone we were talking right before the mm-hmm. show of someone on Twitter who mm-hmm. actually said, well, you know, being pro-Second Amendment was making this argument that somehow then you're pro-murder uh, and pro-mass murder. And it's just that correlation is so ridiculous. Right. I mean, as you're describing, the sure. entire... Point of the mm-hmm. Second Amendment is for self-protection right. um, against other individuals That's who would right. do us harm, but also against an overreaching government. That's and so, right. um, so That's getting right. back to also to the, the pro-life issue, mm-hmm. I mean, this is about preserving
1: life. That's right. Well, I had a friend of mine, and, and that. Um, his mother's sweet Catholic mom. And again, I think we, this is a nuanced conversation. Mm-hmm. And when you just go for the jugular, jugular on it, I think you miss the opportunity to have the conversation. And so she's a sweet Catholic mom and um, very pro-life. And she said, I don't, she goes, I don't understand. She said, I, you're pro-life, but, and she said, I'm pro-life but I don't support guns. And she said, but you do. How can you, how do you square those two things? And I said, because a gun in my hands is pro-life. Yeah. I will protect others with it. It is, it is about safety for me. Um, and so, you know, we could love each other and bless each other and have a disagreement. But, you know, I find it odd you know, if we're going to talk about this, let's flip it the other way. Um, You know, you're about, you're anti-gun, you're anti-destruction of life, and I believe that. I will give that to you. But also, often many of those people don't support uh, pro-life stances. I mean, we've had 60 million babies that have died since Roe v. Wade in 1973. We have elderly people who have perished from lack of care, Mm-hmm. through this pandemic we've had multiple i mean suicide stories i i, I fear for the day and it it takes about two years for those numbers to catch up mm-hmm. uh i fear for the day when we actually see the numbers that have yeah. come, the amount of suicide and human destruction that have come out of the isolation and the depression and the drug use and the alcohol abuse and through this time so All that to say, it's very complicated. Let's have the real conversation so we can get to the best policy. Yeah, and the key words that you said, they're human destruction. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's what the conservative, and of course, based on the truth of the biblical worldview of understanding the reality to which God has presented us, Mm -hmm. it's all about protecting against human destruction. That's right. So it's about protecting life at every stage Mm -hmm. from conception Mm -hmm. all the way until the end of natural Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. and making sure that we are able through our own resources, like having um, the ability to keep and bear arms, we can protect life. It's about making sure that, you know, the the little babies in the womb are protected. Mm -hmm. So it's all about making sure, ultimately, you know, Mm -hmm. the gospel of Christ Mm -hmm. is about protecting against human destruction for eternity, right? Mm -hmm. Right? So um, so I think what you're describing is so important because uh, the left tends to make these very broad brush statements Mm -hmm. and they're not seeing the inconsistency of their Mm -hmm. own position of, of we know that mass murder is wrong. What happened in Colorado yesterday is so heinous, Right. but then they don't correlate that with being mm-hmm. uh, pro-life. And so what are you seeing in um, the pro-life uh, arena with Concerned Women for America? Um, is there the shift of being you know, the, really the pro-life generation that everyone um, is mm-hmm. saying with their young people, and what mm-hmm. are the best arguments that you've uh, seen mm-hmm. from maybe the younger generation?
1: Well, I'm just so grateful not only to get to represent Concerned Women for America, which tends to be, you know, the grown-up version, we say, uh, but also Young Women for America. Mm -hmm. And we have a, a really thriving collegiate program as well, for our Young Women for America chapters and, and ambassadors. So if anybody's interested, cons, go to ConcernWomen.org and you can find out about that or sign up at Concerned Women uh, for, for the older chapter leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, you're talking about sort of the pro-life generation. And I think it's true. It, I can remember, I'm old enough to remember in the 90s when I was, you know, when I was young and up and coming in the pro-life movement that you had within the Republican Party, people that were saying to us, um, you know, it's over, you've lost, we're a big tent now, just set it aside, you know, this, the, the pro-life movement's over. And all of us said, oh, not so fast. And, you know, you pair with that the fact that you had a group of people that so deeply believed in the intrinsic value of life, like you said, from conception to natural death, and at the entire spectrum, uh, that we were unwilling to give up in ge- the generation before us. And then you had the invention of the sonogram mm-hmm. and science prove the things that we were already saying. No one really believes it's a glob of cells anymore. Nobody believes that. You have to have willful blindness. Right, exactly. (laughs) To to not look at that. A two-second search on the internet and you will see, you know, the beautiful pictures of sonograms and 3D -hmm. sonograms and, you know, all of that's growing. Um, It it becomes sometimes, uh, I think now, a fight over, yes, but it's my body and I don't care. Um, or often it's I don't know what to do And so I think you have a group of young women now who and we let me back up and say we also have grown up, I believe as a movement from the early years in which you know your pregnancy care centers they called them back then crisis pregnancy centers had some models of babies and a room in which you could do counseling but it didn't have all the facilities and sonograms and doctors there to give medical care and really the full-blown portfolio of options for women down to all the way into taking women into our homes and caring for them. And so that's the the truth of the pro-life movement. It's not just about legislation. It's not just that we... Want abortion to be illegal, and I'm not the first person to say this, but I think it's said really well. Is we don't want abortion just to be illegal; we want it to be unthinkable. We want there to be so much opportunity and such so many better alternatives, and we're willing to invest in that in every single way—in our time, our treasure, our prayers—every single way that makes those options just beautiful and vital options, so that. The other idea of death is, is, um, you know, is not even contemplated because we have better options. So we have come so far as a movement. And then it gets to your question about the younger generation. This is, (laughs) they all have their own sonogram pictures. Right. You know, time was on our side. My children own their own sonograms. And Mm -hmm. anyone is to say, well, it's not a life. Like, well, actually, here's me and they know that it's a life and they actually can have the tools in order to offer resources to their friends and they're passionate and they're engaged and they they love the issue and they care about the issue and I look forward to next year's March for Life when it, yes. you know, we can get back to a normal world and bring all those beautiful young women and young men to Washington to speak up for the, the least of these. Yes, and continue speaking the truth and mm-hmm. that's what's so important,
0: Penny, is to never recede from truth just because there's a legislative effort or there's some kind of cultural movement Mm -hmm. that is pushing back against truth. We have to continue speaking truth. And I want to talk to you Mm -hmm. when we come back from the break about the Equality Act and the War on Women, because right now we're seeing that the War on Women is all about the definition of biological sex. And we have to, as Christians, continue to make sure to speak the truth. We'll be right back. Continuing the conversation now with Penny Nance, who's the CEO and president of Concerned Women for America. So, Penny, uh, right before the break, we we're talking about the uh, the truth of the pro life movement mm-hmm. and the encouragement that the pro life generation is happening, and now we see with the Biden administration mm-hmm. uh, this real war on women mm-hmm. and the the truth of the nature of biological women and that right. men can't be women. They ju- yeah. they can't. And I know that that's going to be hate speech out there, according to the leftists. <laughs> but um, but yeah. yeah. But the truth of of science okay. and the truth of reality mm-hmm. is that men can't become women and mm-hmm. so um, when we look at things like the Equality Act mm-hmm. um, I, I want to get your perspective on the
1: dangers of that and how conservatives need to understand this issue. Well, and I think what's interesting about the Equality Act is it's not just people like us that are opposing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in coalition with a group called uh, Women's Liberation Front, and they're so brave. They're self-described radical feminists. Many of them are lesbians and bisexuals, and they are furious about it because, as you know, um, this legislation, as into the 1964 Civil Rights Act, uh, it redefines sex into Gender, which is how you define yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it equates with race, the idea that any any idea of yourself, gender-wise, that that is now protected. So it opens up, it opens up schools, it opens up businesses, it opens up you know all sorts of cans of worms um, it, that really, in the long term, will hurt women. So talking about you used to called it the war on women, and it really is. Um, this legislation impacts, uh, the, the, um, impacts Title IX, mm-hmm. which has to do with women's sports, and we very strongly believe that women deserve their own teams you, you know about the Selena Soul case, of course, in Connecticut. You have runners, you have athletes who are filing suit now because their trophies and scholarships are being lost. But I also am very deeply concerned about women in prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked earlier on in my women career. shelters and, yeah. Domestic violence shelters. But I worked for Prison Fellowship Ministries at one point in my career for Chuck Colson when he was still alive. And so I learned so much about women that are incarcerated and have, you know, just a, a deep, you know, compassion for them. I mean, you know, they made bad choices and, and found themselves in circumstances that they prob- that they never could have imagined. Nobody plans to wake up one day and be an offender and be in prison, right? Nobody wants that. Um, but the truth is, they can't leave. And I was just looking up a stat, um, and it was from a, a left wing organization that mm-hmm. that posited that 86% of women that are incarcerated have been victimized with sexual assault at some point in their life, either in prison or before prison. So these are women that are already suffering, are, mm-hmm. are having, you know, have issues, have in many cases been assaulted in the past, and they're sitting ducks when you put a man who in normal cases, in most cases, is larger to them than them, stronger than them, and it, um, and, and it's not necessarily even that... Uh, someone who's transgender would necessarily assault them. What I'm saying is men that are perpetrators will say anything to get access to victims, and yes. it makes them unsafe. And then you mentioned the domestic violence shelters. Again, women who have been victimized, they have a right to their privacy. They have a right to their safety and, uh, and security. So we have very strongly opposed the... "Quote unquote equality act," it's the inequality act, Yes. and are working again alongside women who don't maybe agree with us on hardly anything else, but are willing to link arms, link arms on this because they feel so strongly about it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's really great that you're willing to partner mm-hmm. uh, with others, mm-hmm. and that they're willing to partner with concerned women for America. That's and that we it's can been help. interesting, actually, yeah. and to say this is this is the truth of the matter, mm-hmm. and that we can actually uh, agree on these types of things because to be in the debates in society what do we disagree on but nobody starts with the premise well what do we actually agree on and Mm -hmm. you know in our founders in the unanimous statement of the Declaration of Independence Mm -hmm. they all recognized truth and agreed Mm -hmm. on that then when they were trying to build the society to best Carry out that mandate. Then there was all kinds of debate, and there was, you know, all different ways of how we can do that. But they all unanimously agreed on a recognized truth, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm seeing um, as well from a lot of, you know, the really leftist, what mm-hmm. we might call rabid feminists, mm-hmm. all the way up to, um, you know, the complete opposite mm-hmm. end of the spectrum of um, the conservative Christian women. Mm-hmm. That everyone in in women's mm-hmm. rights issues,
1: we all agree on that truth. Well, and because it's common sense, right? Yes. And it's innate. Yes. Like we recognize that we were uniquely made, that we have, you know, we are the ones that um, are more vulnerable. We uh, we are the ones that nurse and generally care for our children uh... and so there are we have unique needs and we recognize and have fought for mm-hmm. the ability to have protections and specific carve-outs and protections for us based on these these vulnerabilities and it wasn't an it wasn't easy i mean title nine wasn't easy and and you know just basic small set-asides for women were not easy you know, I we often don't give credit <laughs> to the feminist movement, and I don't like a lot of what they did, but I but they were right about that. Yes. And so, the, the, what you're hearing is women who are intellectually honest, that are willing to step forward and say, "Wait a minute." And what what they tell us, what Women's Liberation Front have, has said to us, is like. We reached out to others that were of our ilk, and they had no interest in hearing what we had to say. In mm-hmm. fact, they betrayed them. And so here I am sitting down with you, like <laughs> a Christian conservative who's supposed to hate me. And you know, there's there's kindness and compassion and love there. So mm-hmm. it has been really this. Uh, opportunity to, to, you know, share our values and to work alongside and show kindness and um, and hopefully to be the essence of Christ to people in a, in a way that we never would have been. And so we welcome, we see the world as the, as the field of evangelism for us and we we welcome the opportunity to share Christ in any way that we can.
0: And I really commend that mm-hmm. in your work at Concerned Women for America and um, that's so important to continue to speak truth and when anyone uh, recognizes truth Mm -hmm. and is willing to advocate for that Mm -hmm. then it becomes we can all uh, link arms and we can make sure that we are continuing for a more perfect union. That's right. um, You know and I want to go back to one other thing that you Mm -hmm. said in your initial description Mm -hmm. of uh, what the transgender movement is doing because um, You said something about this sort of decoupling between your biological sex Mm -hmm. versus your gender, which is something that you identify with. And I find it actually fascinating that that same uh, dualistic Mm -hmm. false narrative is the exact same thing that the pro-choice movement uses when they decouple Mm -hmm. the biological reality of an unborn child with this idea of personhood right? So, and I, and I've actually never thought of that before until until you described it that (laughs) way, because I was just talking on my podcast today about that very issue Mm -hmm. of the decoupling of the biological Mm -hmm. reality from this nebulous, undefined Mm -hmm. spectrum Mm -hmm. of personhood, right? And when, and when you have that, I think that that's, an interesting way that the left is attacking mm-hmm. these issues is that they're trying to say biology doesn't matter, mm-hmm. it's just this spectrum, and so mm-hmm. when we have personhood based on versus gender, it's all based on feelings. Well, right? and you know,
1: no, listen, it's interesting you're saying this because it's making me think about things mm-hmm. and sort of make a connection that I, I have believed that the underlying premise really of this is Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. It's nothing new. I mean, they. It, you know, this was around in, in for the first church, the first century church. It's this idea that the body and soul are not connected and whatever you do in Rome, this was a powerful thought. And so I think w- what I have said and what I've said to pastors is you have to speak truth. This is the, the rearing of the head of an old pagan religion that if you don't pre- prepare your young flock when they go to college, they're going to be seduced with it, whether they participate or just in their in their worldview are damaged. So, do you want them to bow a knee to a false religion that says that God made a mistake? You are a mistake. Or are you willing to stand your ground even if it's uncomfortable, even if people say ugly things about you, even if people walk out of your service, even if the newspaper the next day criticizes you? Are you willing to do that, or are you going to to are you going to you know bow to, to again to a false religion? And so I I, I think that's a kind of interesting uh, connection there because maybe it is similar, and maybe it is the sort of same thought. If the if body and spirit don't matter and and truth doesn't matter, then, you know, uh, then those things, uh, the reality doesn't matter, right? Exactly. And then that becomes this whole subjective mm-hmm. um, viewpoint epistemology
0: mm-hmm. of saying, you know, my my truth versus your truth, yes. and objectivity yes. doesn't
1: matter. And Don't you so, hate that? Yes. This is my yes. truth. Like, there's only one truth. Yes. Either it's true or it's false. There's not your truth and there's not my truth. There is truth. And when a Christian says that, it it immediately raises a red flag that they don't—they clearly don't understand um, biblical worldview. They don't understand it.
0: Yeah, and so many, you were talking about pastors. I mean, Mm -hmm. so many pastors, it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. in America that they're not standing as firm as the first century Christians who were willing to go through persecution and other things that, you know, we have religious liberty in this country as a protection, and thank the Lord we do. Uh, But they were willing to stand up for the truth, even Mm -hmm. in the midst of uh, the culture and in the midst of whatever came uh, for their day. And, you know, and you mentioned there's nothing new under the sun. You know, Mm -hmm. King Solomon said that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the way back in the Old Testament, and that's true, and it's so mm-hmm. important to stand firm mm-hmm. in the truth. And I love how you said that. And um, you know, in the next segment, as we as we only have about a minute left, um, I want to talk with you also about uh, some of the state legislation, because as okay. we look at you know what's going on on the federal level, mm-hmm. then we tend to either be really encouraged because there's a you know, good conservative yes. in office or we tend to be right now, we're really yeah. disappointed about mm-hmm. some other things. But um, the emphasis on the states and what the states are mm-hmm. doing to legislate, I think is really, really yes. encouraging as well. So, yes. um, So we're gonna be right back on Just the Truth, talking with Penny Nance, who is the CEO and president of Concerned Women for America Definitely go to their website. Uh, sign up if you are um, a woman. Everybody knows women. You know, your your, your mom, your sister, um, your daughter. We're going to get involved in these issues because women's issues uh, should be based on truth. And we're going to talk about some legislation and also a very interesting court case that's trying to slyly undermine religious freedom and women's rights. When we come back on Just the Truth. Continuing the conversation here on Just the Truth with Penny Nance, who's the president and CEO of Concerned Women for America. So, Penny, we've been talking about everything kind of on the federal level of mm-hmm. the Equality Act and um, some very interesting partners that, you know, we all have as women yes. uh, in this uh, this war and this cause mm-hmm. that we're currently engaged in. Um, but for a lot of people, they're not really focused on some of the stuff that's happening in the states. But you were telling me um,
1: about mm-hmm. some really great things, actually, yes. that are
0: happening in the states.
1: Well, and, and let me... Back up first and say, yes, we're very disappointed about the election because of what has happened, and we knew what would happen after that. Is certainly, you know, the the Biden administration's come after the Hyde Amendment. They flipped uh, the Mexico City policy, so that now we're funding abortion abroad by taxpayer money, could be as much as a hundred million dollars. They are now now streaming money that President Trump cut out of the budget of Planned Parenthood over sixty million dollars in Title X, and funneling money to uh, Planned Parenthood um, and so it's everything bad that we knew would happen. We're fighting to the nail to preserve the Hyde Amendment which is the biggest pot of money um, and it's you know been we it came into law um, in 1976 a Illinois congressman named Henry Hyde passed it in response to Roe v. Wade, and since that time it has saved over two million babies. The, the importance of the money is it equates to lives, right? What you fund grows, and when you fund abortion, it grows. The numbers grow. And, by the way, uh, we have a right to be conscientious objectors, not to have our money pay for that. So we're fighting tooth and nail on the federal level, but the good news, the bright spot in the last election was often on the state level, and the pro-life movement is very agile, and we adapt. No matter what happens, we're not going away, and we're going to fight. And so there's there's a lot of gains being made in the state level, and have been for a long time now. Nineteen laws were 19 laws were signed Um, in 2020. And now we have heartbeat bills that are are getting passed. We just had one in South Carolina and South Dakota. We have, um, you know, love them both laws that we're working to pass in the state of Kansas. We're working all over the country in order to protect life on the state level because we believe that one day Roe v. Wade will will flip, will change, and when that happens it returns to the states and we've got to do our work on the state level to protect life when that happens. Yeah, That's wonderful and
0: we're seeing some of those challenges already and I'm mm-hmm. hopeful with now a conservative or a hopefully conservative mm-hmm. majority yeah. on the Supreme Court that uh, just the constitutional argument, I mean even if yes. you take the, the moral equation out of it, which of course mm-hmm. the court should contemplate. Sure. I mean, the government has a legitimate interest in protecting life, but even if they look at this as a federal versus state issue, mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, should be 9-0. and o. This okay. is a state issue, definitely not the federal government. Yes. Um, but there was an interesting case that, um, that <laughs> yeah. you and I were talking about, I saw this, uh, that is from a Satanist uh, yes. church, or they, they don't call themselves a church, but it's actually Satanist who are suing now the state of Texas, mm-hmm. saying that their abortion laws are too restrictive, and they're actually saying that this is under a theory of religious freedom, right. that they want the ability to commit abortions as part of their sacrifices and part of their ritual.
1: Yes, and well, first off, I just gotta take a moment to recognize you've got the Church of Satan on the same side as Planned Parenthood, which I really don't find shocking, um, mm-hmm. and, and You have a group of people who want to use abortion as part of their ritual. They say they say they they have a ritual um, in in I think uh, ahead of time for abortion. I don't know what happens. I, I read the article and I even followed the link to kind of see what the Church of Satan did on this, and it was so disturbing I couldn't even finish the article i mean really it truly w- it was satanic <laughs> yeah yeah they mean it they mean it they're not kidding not even hyperbole no they mean it and um, but i but i think that it's really important to recognize that when you when you worship evil which is re- really what this is that it leads to abortion like yeah. i think those two things make perfect sense it is it is clear that when you end life satan loves death he loves evil
0: right it's it's the opposite of truth and yeah. uh, you know the the definition mm-hmm. of truth of objective truth is everything that is the the person of god mm-hmm. and so evil of course can be defined as anything apart from god and so mm-hmm. when you worship Anything other than God, then you will get to the conclusion of evil. Yeah. And um, and I find something even uh, constitutionally really mm-hmm. sinister about mm-hmm. this case because they're using the pretext right. of religious liberty. Mm-hmm. And uh, and obviously that's just so offensive to any rational person who's yeah. looking at this, thinking literally human sacrifice yeah. um, as part of this ritual. Um, but to use the pretext of religious freedom, I think they are trying to. Um, intimidate the courts to restrict religious liberty and to say that nobody
1: can comment on abortion issues from a moral standpoint. Well, and that's not new, actually. You know, this mm-hmm. came up uh, years ago Consumer for from America, and I, and I personally working again on behalf of Chuck Colson, uh, worked with uh, a, a, a bill that protected people in religious, in, excuse me, in institutionalized persons, to, protecting their religious freedom. So the other side, the people of the for the American way types, the atheists, wanted to be like, well, you know, you got to, what if they want to do hum, human sacrifice in order to to live out their religion? Then in your legislation, we protect that. No. Clearly not, and and constitutionally no. Right. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, Congress was very thoughtful in it and recognized that that was, you know, a spacious argument. It wasn't true. And and I think hopefully the court in Texas will also take the high road on this. Absolutely. And I I think that this just manifests why it's
0: so important Mm -hmm. not just to have... Uh, the federal Congress and mm-hmm. federal judges, of course, that are appointed um, through advice and consent of the Senate uh, on the federal bench, appointed by the presidential administration, but also when you look at how different states appoint their judicial branch, mm-hmm. because we have to have really good written opinions, because what happens at the state and local level, I mean, the the chief example right mm-hmm. now, of course, is out of my home state of Colorado with um, with Jack Phillips, the, mm-hmm. the cake baker yes. and masterpiece. Yes. Um, you know, so the He's cases, being
1: persecuted, by the way. Absolutely. The, this this is not about, you know, what a what a false notion of civil rights. What about his <laughs> right, civil rights? Exactly. They're being violated constantly. He is being yes. persecuted for his faith, and yes. it's I mean, it's just very clear. Yes,
0: and in those types of cases, when they get to the Supreme Court, a lot of people um, only will look at the legal issues involved, and they forget right. that it starts at the state level. It right. starts with an event. It mm-hmm. starts with what happens. On the state level, and then how that then gets up through the courts into the Supreme Court, and then mm-hmm. is selected as one of the That's cases. Right. And it's important then mm-hmm. to have this type of framework to be able to have good decisions right. at the lower level. And so, um, so I think you know, voting is so yes. important. Yes. And but, all I mean, of this the work is why doing.
1: we fought so hard for judges, and this yes. is why we were very grateful that we had over 220. I don't know what the final number was. Um, that President Trump appointed pro-life judges. That the, that you know, to uh, Mitch McConnell's credit, he stewarded through the Senate, and we all worked very hard to make sure because it is essential. Such a small percentage of cases make it all the way to the Supreme Court. Many of them mm-hmm. are settled at the much lower level. So, particularly those uh, circuit court level d- judges, but even below that, are really important. That we a lot of law is made. Yeah. Um, at of, that lower level.
0: <laughs> yes, and and as as we say in law, bad facts make bad law. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a lot of times, what we end up seeing at the Supreme Court in that maybe one percent of those mm-hmm. cases, we really want to lay the groundwork. Sure. So, um, so we'll be right back here on Just the Truth with the last segment already. The conversations always go by so quickly. Um, I'm so grateful to have Penny Nance, the CEO and President of Concerned Women for America, joining me. We'll be right back on Just the Truth. Welcome back to Just the Truth. And it's our final segment already with Penny Nance, who is the president and CEO of Concerned Women for America. And so, Penny, for uh, those who, of course, are just so grateful for everything that Concerned Women for America is doing. Uh, what is the organizational involvement in um, I think some of these other issues yeah. that we haven't talked about, and how can people join your efforts?
1: Well, and we you know, we have seven core issues, Jenna. So it's it's a very wide spectrum of issues that we're working on, and just our basic issues: is support for life, first and foremost, support for marriage and family, uh, national sovereignty, the issue of local control of education. Oh my goodness, school openings! Kids need to go back to school. Moms need to be able to you know work and. And provide for their families in uh, we, so much to say there. Um, the issue of sexual exploitation. Uh, we have worked very long and hard on the issue of sex trafficking, uh, f- uh, providing uh, DNA testing for rape kits in this country. There's a backlog of those. Oh, there's so much I could say on that issue. And, and support for Israel. I feel like I left one out. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, I, um, I'm just really grateful. We're a 40-year-old organization. We are an, we're not New Kids on the Block, founded by Dr. Beverly LaHaye in response to the ER which there's nothing mm. new under the sun. We've already talked about that. It's still out there. Wow. You, people who don't recognize it died a, a, a death in 1979. Um, but we did just have in um, in North Dakota, uh, the state just passed a law saying it's we're not in it. We're out. You know, and so we are. We're working hard to make sure that women's rights are protected. That the intrinsic value of women and and the right to life is recognized because the the Equal Rights Amendment actually goes after that on a constitutional level. So yeah. the ERA puts, you know, gender, false notion of women in the Constitution and the Equality Act tells us what that means. And so we are working hard. Um, Concern Women for America has about half a million members around this country. We have over 400 chapters and so people want to come to concernwomen.org they find out how to sign up. And of course, you know, follow us on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I, I am at PY Nance on Twitter and you and I follow each other and yes. often converse. Yes. Uh, and so we I are just it. really growing our voice at this moment. This is a time where I think it is the Esther moment for conservative women. I think that women today whether you are a a young woman an older woman a a woman older than us older than me um, this is the time where it what you say matters messenger matters of course our voices have always mattered but i think at this moment it is even more essential for christian women to speak truth to speak truth with power to speak into the culture and in in order to be salt and light in the culture and to preserve the future for our children. Uh, Ronald Reagan said freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected and handed on for them to do the same or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States when men were free. Mm -hmm. I think that's more true today than it's ever been before. And so we are calling out to women the ones that are watching right now that are saying yes (laughs) <laughs> I agree. To give them the tools in order to speak into our culture and in order to be difference makers and in order to engage and engage thoughtfully and winsomely because we want to bring people to our side. Absolutely. We th- we believe that we have the winning ideas. We believe we know truth. And so let's share it. Let's do it. And that's,
0: that's truly conserving mm-hmm. our rule of law and what this country was founded on. And um, that's such a wonderful explanation of how people can get involved because is one of the the number one things I hear uh, from people who watch the show mm-hmm. who are engaged they say what can I do yes. I want to be involved we have they so want. many passionate mm-hmm. Americans mm-hmm. out there of all stripes who want to be involved so yes. um, so it's ConcernedWomen.org
1: .org. so okay. there you can learn about Concerned Women for America but also Young Women for America high school and collegiate chapters we really want to grow our footprint our voice at this moment in order to speak truth and to make a difference and to get everything back on track oh amen (laughs) and and that's and
0: to you know to the women who Um, who are Christians, who want to be more engaged, but, you know, kind of have this notion that women need to be more meek and quiet. Um, I don't believe that that's actually what the Bible teaches. And if you actually go and look at the Proverbs 31 woman, Mm. she was a strong woman. And, you know, partnered with men, of course, you know, with her Mm -hmm. husband, we're all part of um, families and we respect the traditional unit. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it's wonderful, the work that you're you're doing and you're encouraging women to use our voice, use our influence and speak Truth and love. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Penny, thank you so much thank for joining you. me on uh, Just the Truth, and um, I'm so excited. And I really hope that you see such a growth mm-hmm. in Concern Women for America um, over this over the next generation, and we pass the flame of liberty. So, um, so you. what's your last encouragement? I guess to women and uh, to pastors too.
1: Oh goodness, so much. Well, I, I just want to say to pastors that they need to look to the first century Christians. Certainly look to the Bible. Sometimes pastors say to me, what can we do to help you? And what I say is preach the Bible, all of it. Preach all of it. And do so with love, but speak truth at this moment so that you can prepare your congregation in order to go up against the hard questions of the day to be prepared Um, and i would just encourage the women that are listening that you have more tools and opportunity now than you ever had in your i I never agreed with hillary clinton i don't think of anything except when she said there's never been a better time in the world to be alive as a woman than today and that's Mm -hmm. true we have more freedom and we have more freedom in this country than we do anywhere else and so we are just thankful that we were. First, that we have, you know, Christ who died for us, who loves us, and that we have redemption because we need it every single day. We are broken like everybody else, and we we believe in the mercy of God um, and depend on it, but also that we were born here in this country, in this beautiful country in which your vote matters. Ask Marion uh, Meeks. Yes. Uh, why, why the six we, votes or seven votes. matters. Absolutely. Your vote <laughs> matters. So like don't Absolutely. ever be discouraged and don't ever feel like you can't tell the truth because we will help prepare you. Absolutely. Now's your
0: time to, to speak. Great. Well, Penny Nance, go to uh, ConcernedWomen.org and we're going right now to Just the Word. Hebrews 12, 1 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God.